This is The Playbook. Welcome to Office Hours. I'm David Meltzer. And I am here with the legendary crew of mine. And you guys are going to be pleased with this next guest. Harley Finkelstein, he is a recovering lawyer like myself, but he's the president of a small company that you may have heard of called Shopify, and of course, co-founder of Firebelly Tea. Welcome to Office Hours, Harley. Great to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, it's, uh, it's an honor to be on the show. It's an honor to have you. And when I look at everything, I think to myself, why would the president of Shopify need to co-found anything else? Uh, and so my first question is, uh, Utilizing all the skills, knowledge, and desire that you have, what inspires you to keep co-creating and co-founding businesses when you're already running one of the most successful businesses in the world? It's a great question. I mean, fundamentally, I think, um, I believe entrepreneurship is the greatest tool on the planet for self-actualization, for creativity, for solving problems. Um, when I was 13 years old, um, my, my, I'm Jewish. I grew up uh, in sort of the Jewish community. And I went to a lot of bar mitzvahs and bat mitzvahs. And I remember seeing DJs every Saturday night at these bar and bat mitzvahs. And more than anything in the world, I want to be a DJ, but nobody would hire me. I, like, I didn't know how to DJ. I was 13 years old. My father, almost as a throwaway comment, said, well, why don't you start your own DJ company and just hire yourself? Like, if no one's going to hire you, just, just hire yourself. And that sort of, that was a light bulb that went off you know, 25 years ago, um, that hasn't really changed. I've sort of used entrepreneurship as this tool in my tool belt to pull out anytime I had a problem. So I was 13, I wanted to be a DJ. It solved, starting a business solved the problem of becoming a DJ. When I started college uh, at 17, um, dad wasn't around anymore. Mom and sisters needed help financially. I once again pulled out this tool called entrepreneurship. Uh, in this case, it was to make money and started a t-shirt business and ended up becoming one of the first merchants to ever use Shopify. I was a customer of Shopify's before I joined the company uh, about 12 years ago. So entrepreneurship for me is so much more than simply just a way to, you know, to start a, a small business. It is a way to solve a problem. And uh, during the pandemic, I was drinking too much coffee. I'm fairly high energy, as you can tell. Um, my caffeine intake went up. I needed a solution. I was curating really good green tea from a friend of mine. And eventually we're like, well, maybe other people may want also uh, you know, try this tea. And so we created Firebelly tea as well. But entrepreneurship to me is not the sort of the means to an end. It's the journey itself. It allows you to sort of to figure out um, a solution to a problem you might have. Yeah, I love that. I'm with you on that, right? Entrepreneurship being a way to creatively explore best versions of ourselves that we can possibly be. And what a time to be an entrepreneur, right? There's a guy named Ross Dawson, Harley. I'm sure you've heard of Ross Dawson. And Ross Dawson said, that we are moving at such a rapid pace, right? Technology is moving at such a rapid pace right now that we're gonna experience 2,000 years of evolution in the next 100 years. So I did some math on that, I broke that down. I'm like, that means in the next five years, we're gonna experience 100 years of technological evolution. So my question for you, Harley, is as the president of Shopify, with technology moving that fast, what used to take 100 years now happens in five, what moves are you guys going to make to make sure to stay ahead on the technological side to continue to grow and dominate the space like you have been? And part of what we're trying to do is we see a future. Let's just use let's just talk about retail, for, for example. Sure. There's sort of this, this sense in the market that the future of retail is going to be only on the Internet or it's only going to be in brick and mortar, mortar stores or it's going to be in social media platforms. So instead of sort of anticipating or, or trying to pretend like we know exactly 
where retail is going. What we're doing instead is building tools so that any merchant on Shopify, Shopify is now powers about 10% of, of, of e-commerce in the US, which if you were to pretend for a second that we were a single retailer, we would be the second largest online retailer in America. So we, we, we see a lot of retail going through our platform. And so one is rather than say, we think everyone's going to be selling on Instagram or Snapchat or TikTok. What we're saying is we want to make it so that anywhere a, a merchant or a brand or a business wants to sell, it is really easy to do so with Shopify. And we don't necessarily tell the merchant or the brand where to sell. They can decide based on what their consumers want. So their consumer wants a great in-store experience. They want to walk into a physical location. We create point of sale software for that. If they want to buy on Spotify or they want to buy on TikTok or Instagram or Snapchat, we make that easy. To, we make it easy for them to do it as well. So that's sort of on the retail side. But your point about the acceleration of business and technology is fascinating. Think about this. 20 years ago, 40 years ago, 200 years ago, if you created a business and you wanted to get really, really big, the main ingredient was money, was capital. That's not the case anymore. If you take a company like Allbirds or you take a company like Gymshark, these are companies that have all been created in the last eight years and they are now category leaders. How did that acceleration happen? Well, it happened because of digitalization. The fact that Ben sitting in London, England can create a clothing company called Gymshark that now rivals Nike in certain categories in eight years without raising boatloads of money, that is disruptive. And in many ways, I think right now is the golden age of entrepreneurship. And I think it's going to last for a long time. In fact, in 2021, there were 5.4 million business registrations uh, in the U.S., um, it's according to the U.S. Census Bureau. That is the most amount of business registrations since 2004. So not only is a technology ready for more entrepreneurship, but there are more people that are beginning to commercialize their hobby. There are more people that traditionally did not identify as entrepreneurs that are starting businesses. And I think that makes for a really, really cool era uh, for, for business creation. Holly, I actually totally agree. And as one of your clients, I want to say thank you so much for what you do at Trade and Travel. Oh, we wanted awesome. to put t-shirts together. So we built out our Shopify store so we could reach our customers. So I just want to thank you for making it easy. You're, you're so right. You made selling easy for me. And I, I just want to say thank you. And then my oh, question for you is, um, I've always wanted to talk to someone who heads up a company that has had like issues with stock price. So all technology in 2022 has had kind of a fall in stock price. And I was just wondering, like, how does that impact you? Like, what do you think when the stock falls? Like, what's the next step? I've just never gotten a chance to talk to the president about something like that. Yeah, I'm, I'm happy to answer that question. It's a really important one. And the way that we think about it is this. We went public in May 2015. Um, and from an for an entrepreneur, I mean, standing on the stage and the podium at the New York Stock Exchange ringing the bell, I mean, that is one of the greatest moments an entrepreneur can have. And, and I, I got to my partners and my, my friends, and it was, it was unbelievable. But one of the things that happened as, after we went public is we obviously had some fluctuation in the stock. The stock mostly went up. And what we reminded ourselves about, though, is that if the stock went up by 5 or 10% one random day, it didn't mean that Shopify got 5 or 10% better. And the reason it's important to have those conversations when the stock is going up like that is because when the stock does come down and you do you know, market fluctuations and you do have macroeconomic changes, you know, inflation, supply chain issues, all the things we're, we're sort of facing right now as an economy, as a world, um, it's important to realize when the stock is down 5 or 10% one day, it's not the company getting worse 
uh, by five or 10%. And so what we try to think about is like, we, we use this term hundred year company. We're trying to build a hundred year company. We're about 16 years into the, into the journey. So we got like 84 years left in the short run. And I, I I'm stealing this from, I think Buffett or, or Charlie Munger, you know, they, they talk about the market in the short run being a popularity contest, but in the long run, actually being a real waiting machine, truly, um, you know, truly describing the value of the business. And so in the long run, you know, we're proud of what we're doing. The people that were about 10,000 people at Shopify, all of us are proud of the impact we're having. Shopify is becoming the world's entrepreneurship company, but we try not to let the day-to-day fluctuations of the market really affect the way we, we, we build, the way we, we think about our, our company. Every minute or so, a brand new entrepreneur gets their first sale on Shopify. I said this earlier, but 10% of all e-commerce right now is going through Shopify. Our mission is to spread entrepreneurship, is to make it more easy for people to start and scale. And then when you see companies like Figs, for example, who a few years ago started at their mom's kitchen table selling hospital scrubs, that are that is now a publicly traded company disrupting, frankly, the, the hospital scrub industry, uh, you know, the medical scrub industry. That's why we come to work every day. We come to work every day to build great products so more people can find their own versions of success. And so you know, it's, it's, it's impossible to ignore entirely the stock price. But when you take a long-term perspective, in our case, it's 100 years, it just doesn't matter what happens day to day. It happens, are we creating more value for our, our, our merchants long-term? Good stuff, thank you. Yes, that was a great question. I also, like Terry, I own Facial Lounge. I have two brick and mortars in Orange County. But we switched to Shopify wow. about three years ago, and we have like doubled every single year uh, for our online oh, sales. Thank you so for we saying are, that. that is wonderful. It is unbelievable. So I have a question because I kind of throw ideas for marketing and see what sticks. But what would be the next trend? What, what do you think would be the next trend for marketing for online platforms? I think there's a lot of interesting things ha- happening around like social commerce, um, meaning like right now a lot of the social media platforms are great places to discover uh, a new brand or new type of product. But the conversion rate in terms of the checkout, it's still fairly low. And I actually think there's a lot of room to grow where we as consumers will not only discover great new brands, great new products on social media, we'll actually transact. It's, 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 we're lucky that we are the, we feel lucky that we are the, you know, we're the commerce partner for most of, of those major platforms. We announced a couple weeks ago, a new partnership with YouTube um, uh, called YouTube Live Shopping, where actually rather than stopping the video, we're embedding commerce in the videos on YouTube. We think that's really compelling, sort of like the modern day QVC or the modern day home shopping network. That's really compelling. I think a lot of people, um, you know, this term like kind of influencer marketing is obviously a, a big deal and has been for some time, but I think most people get it wrong. I think most people assume to do influencer marketing at scale, you really have to be a Kardashian or a Jenner or, you know, Justin Bieber. That's actually not true. One of the things we are we, we see almost every day is that some of our merchants, we have over 2 million stores on Shopify. Some of those stores that have the most success with influencer marketing are actually targeting micro-influencers. So if you're selling, you know, great pens and you make this amazing pen, instead of going after like the biggest, you know, blogger that, that writes about pens, find someone who's just sort of like a pen geek who puts out content on social media or who does blog posts about, you know, new trends in pens. That person may only have five or 10,000 followers, it doesn't matter. The authenticity that you get with micro-influencers, we actually think leads to a much higher conversion rate. Probably the last thing I would say is that this term omni-channel gets thrown around a lot, which just means you don't sell across one channel, you sell across many 
online, offline, you know, on a marketplace and at a pop-up on farmer's market. I think that is actually, that, that, that term omni-channel, it's going to be like talking about the color TV in a couple of years, meaning nobody talks about the color TV because every TV is fundamentally a color TV. That's what's going to happen to omni-channel retail. Fundamentally, in the next few years, and e-commerce is right now about $5 trillion per year. It's going to go up to $7 trillion by 2025. It's going to get bigger and bigger. But ultimately, I think the most successful brands of the future will be default omni-channel. They will sell across a number of channels depending on who and what their customer wants to, wants to use. And that goes back to this timeless marketing tactic, which is customer empathy. Do you know who your customer are, who they are, what they like, how they like to shop? If you can nail customer empathy, you will have a timeless business that ultimately will win. Well, we grew up with another trend, Harley and I. It was doctor, lawyer, or failure. And uh, that's like talking about color TV as well, because now because of people like Harley Finkelstein, they talk about doctor, lawyer, and or entrepreneur. Thank you for shifting that paradigm, Harley, as well. You are a leader in the space and will continue to be a co-creator of many different businesses, inspiring entrepreneurs to save the world, Glenn, not just change it.